Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Today, we're so blessed that you're with us. You know, podcaster and host of Remember God Loves You, and I will meet you at the finish. Like, What a terrific name for a podcast. That is who our guest is today, Soslin Temenson. And I tell you, folks, he has a lot going on. And it's, I mean, I when I seen the name of that podcast, I was like, oh, we got to get him on the show because that speaks volumes. Remember that God loves you. That's number one. And then he's going to meet you at the finish line. He's going to explain that. But I have a feeling if you're already born again, you know what that means. Praise the Lord. But it's all in the name right there. Now, Soslin Temenson, he was born in Russia and was adopted, immigrated to America in 2007. He has a deep love for this country and for the God of this country. And he's not ashamed to say so either. Amen. He started his podcast to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to share his faith, to, to, to give encouragement to people just like you and I, that no matter what we're going through, to remember that God loves us and that we can all meet at the finish line, meaning heaven. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Soslin Tamminson. Soslin, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I do appreciate it. Thank you. It, it, I want to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on your show and to just able to uh, share my testimony and to kind of you know, see the other side because I know people like I do podcasting and stuff, and I know people like see the other half, not the mm-hmm. other half, but like they see a non-perspective individual. They're like, "Well, because I give you, I give a watered-down testimony, mm-hmm. and so they don't really see like the the correlation of it." But now it's kind of cool uh, that you're giving me the opportunity so they can hear like what I really like, what I really started, and how I keep my faith going going even during the uncertain times. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. And the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own word, who is Sosalyn Hemmonson? So, <clears throat> so my name is Sosalyn Timonson, as well as, you said my name right uh, the first time. Um, my last name is Timonson, T-E-M-A-N. Okay. Yes. Um, let's see. So I recently got accepted at Oak Hills Seminary School for pastoral ministry up in Bemidji, or not Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, let's see. Um, another thing that I've really started is that I've started expanding, um, like on my platform, I started expanding to like sports and to start interviewing people uh, from both sides of the aisle. So, you know, I started realizing you know, I'm like, okay, how does, there's got to be something where people can correlate and kind of uh, gravitate more towards, which is politics. But I'm trying to say, okay, how does politics mix in with Christianity? And then I'm like, man, I guess it does really relate a lot to it because 
when you have, like in the Bible, it says, thou shalt not murder. And then you have the situation that going on was with the abortion situation and everything else. The light bulb goes on and you're like, oh, wait. Oh, okay. So then we have to educate people first before we can. So it's that whole educating part. And so that's what I started expanding on is just educating, you know. Um, Let's see. uh, What's another thing? I love to travel. Uh, We're going to go kind of 180. Um, I love to travel and meet with new people. You know, so that's that's another thing that I love to do. I was in Texas and Indiana a couple weeks ago. Amen. 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 Now, you're from Russia initially, right? Yes. So okay. I was born. Yeah, from what I understand, you were adopted. So tell us about growing up in the orphanage, what life was like, and how life changed once you were adopted and came to the United States. So, so I was born in 1998, um, October 7th, to be exact. So my birthday was actually... Uh, almost, we're going on two weeks away or two oh, weeks man. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I feel old. Uh, 24 gets you. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm just, I'm just messing. Uh, so I was given up at birth at the orphanage. Um, not at the orphanage, at the hospital. I was given up at birth to um, the orphanage because um, apparently I don't think my mom was ready. And so there was other things that uh, went in play and stuff. Um, and so what happened was I was given, I was born and then I was given to an orphanage. Um, and so then I spent about from 1998 to 2006, I spent my, during that time uh, in Russia. Um, and of course I got, I grew older and uh, it was not the, it was not a pleasurable experience whatsoever um, because we had air raids, sirens every day. Um, we had to like, um, I think sit a lot or something like that. We also didn't have very much electricity. Actually, we had zero to no electricity. Um, and the people that stayed were like your older grandmas um, that stayed with us. And uh, they were they wanted to make sure like they, they took care of us. They took care of the rest of the babies and stuff. And when the family that went there they went to Vladikaskov, that's where we were, which is 15 minutes away from Georgia, actually. Mm, okay. um, Georgia the country, not Georgia the state. Right. Um, when they went there, they went to adopt one girl, but they ended up taking back four boys and three girls. Wow. Um, because orphanages like take as many kids as you can. And so within that, within mind, that ended up being a rescue mission instead of just a regular adoption system. Uh, because if we would have stayed there two hours later, we, uh, we, I would not be here, actually. Nor, right. Neither would the, or, uh, neither the individuals that they adopted would not be there either. Why is that? Uh, what, ha- what happened? Uh, what happened was, um, so for, your con- for the context, uh, for your listeners or for your viewers, that part of Russia was at a civil war, and it was... During that time, uh, it was being attacked, like the Chechnyans Czech, Czech or, or and Georgia the country was at war with in that region. Mm-hmm. So what happened was our city was the brunt of their war. Um, and so that's why, that's why it was a very hostile country or hostile part of Russia. Mm-hmm. And that's why very many, very few to no people are allowed to visit 
dirt for uh, that part of Russia for wow. that same reason. Um, and so it was interesting um, being uh, that part of Russia was just very interesting. So that's why we couldn't be adapted. Uh, mm-hmm. No, and you weren't allowed to adapt to that region. You could adapt to Moscow and St. Petersburg because that's where the nice cities were. That's I call those the propaganda cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they meant to entice you, but then the the lucky part or the the good luck part is whether you'll make it out. You know, either with a lot of money gone, or some kind of ransom, or even some kind of like. Uh, if you bring like somebody else, you have to make sure you be very careful because sex trafficking in that region is super high. Mm-hmm. Actually, the whole part of Russia like is very high, um, and so you have to be very conscientious of it. Um, so then, somehow, we went to Georgia, the country. We fled in the middle of the night. It was on a Thursday. I don't know why it was on a Thursday. Um, we fled, and then we went to Georgia, the country, and then from Georgia, the country. We went to England, and then from England, we went to um, Bend, Oregon. And that's where I stayed in Bend, Oregon for about two and a half years before I was adopted the second time by a family in Wisconsin. Mm. So it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, I was listening to one of your episodes, and you mentioned in passing, just in passing, that you were riding your bike one day and you hit a truck. Oh, yeah. Can you explain yeah. that? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So, so in Canada, so our first family, the first family from Bend, Oregon, uh, we, they used to horse race a lot. And that's where we traveled. So we went to Canada. We traveled all over the world. We traveled all over America and even all over the world. Um, we went to Canada. And we went to all over. Well, and so that's one of the funniest, that's one of the funnier memories. Uh, because what happened was, so I was riding my bicycle and I w- I didn't see the downhill. And it was like during the winter, of course. So why not better to ride? I mean, first of all, there are multiple things I didn't think through. Okay, number one, was it icy? Uh, so if I had a checklist, I think I would have gotten like every single one of them, like, oh, okay, was it icy? Uh, yes or no? Uh, yes, but let's take the chance, number one. Uh, number two, uh, do my brakes work? Uh, yes or no? No. Uh, let's still go on it. Uh, number three, are there any vehicle occupants uh, in any kind of hazard way? Uh, number three, that'd be a no, but I went anyway. So <laughs> what happened was... Um, what happened was I went for a bike ride and I think it was like in the mid morning, it just got done snowing and it was icy and everything was uh, non bike uh, weather. So I'm more of one of those people that you tell me something like, and I did this as a little kid. If you, so if you tell me not to touch a stove, I touch the stove. You know, if you tell me not to touch an exhaust pipe, I touch the exhaust pipe. To say, oh, is it truly hot or is it truly cold? So then I did, and I learned. The, so I had to learn the lessons the hard way. Um, and so what happened was, um, I went and I saw this hill, and I'm like, oh, sweet, that's a hill, a kid's best dream. Uh, so I said, okay, what can I? How fast can I go without hitting something or without hitting anything? 
what happened was this truck um this truck you know i think i didn't see this truck it was a blue truck and i hit the the gas tank of it uh but apparently my brakes didn't work and long story short i made a straight to it thank goodness i wasn't hurt the truck wasn't moved it wasn't moving nothing was but i thought it was just very funny uh, um clearly my brakes didn't work because they froze and <laughs> yeah that i learned that the hard way <laughs> don't yeah. go don't go bike riding after a major snowstorm in canada amen. or any or any yeah. of them especially bemidji amen uh, when i was seven i got my first bicycle for christmas and I want to go ride it. And like I said, I grew up in Michigan, right? So mm-hmm. same weather. <laughs> and we lived on a hill. <laughs> yeah. But the bottom of the hill dead ended at the railroad tracks. They had the big yeah. barrier across there, right? And, uh, you know, my dad, he was, you know, on the sidewalk and, and, you know, okay, you know, this is how we do this and make sure you got your balance and all that. So there's no training wheels. You know, I mean, I'm just going for it. And, uh, we were about, oh, probably a third of the way up the hills where we lived at. He said, okay, just go down there and stop. Problem was, he didn't tell me how to stop. Oh. <laughs> and I started going, and I'm pedaling, which means you're going faster, right, down yep. the hill. And I get down to the bottom, and I say, how do I stop? And he said, pedal backwards. And I pedaled backwards. Well, on ice, when you pedal oh. backwards – it locks up just like sliding into, you know, uh, locking them up on a car. And I slid right into that barricade. Bam. <laughs> <You know>? oh. <laughs> I wasn't hurt. You know, I was seven years old. You kind of roll the punches back then, you know, but uh, yeah. But oh, and yeah. See, I, I, I still remember that this day when I heard that story. I said, oh, yeah, I got to ask yeah. about that. <laughs> well, and see, and there's something like when you're like a little kid and that happens, you can bounce back from it. Oh, yeah. You know, I went back up there like, and said, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you're like, man, let's do that again. Well, it's like another one um, was I was um, – so another st- – like in speaking of bike stories, I got to tell you the funniest thing. So I got to Wisconsin. This is ha- this happened in Wisconsin. Um, and I told my grandpa, I'm like, hey, grandpa, let's go for a bike ride. And he's like, uh, he's like okay. Um, and so we went for a bike ride and what happened was he, so I fell off my bike and he still went on his merrily way, <laughs> but then he rolled on, he rolled on top of me mm. and I'm like, but I was a little kid. So nothing really happened because of it. And I thought it was just, it was like one of those bonding moments. It was like, mm-hmm. a, not a weird bonding moment, but it was like one of those cool bonding moments. That's going to be like mem- memorable for like years to come. And that's one of them. Because uh, that's where I remember Grandpa. And we, uh, before he passed, he like we would like uh, look back on it. We just like laugh and chuckle and stuff. And mm-hmm. but then there were other times where um, what happened was I didn't see a trailer. Um, I didn't see a trailer, and it, like you know, like how some trailers have like lights that stick out that are metal, like protected by metal things mm-hmm. or metal bumpers. Well, what happened was I got outside. We were we were doing a big rummage sale. Our church was doing a rummage sale. And what happened was I said, okay, I got to like get dark right out and stuff and not dark, but I had to like go out and st- like go out and then bike. Uh, I think on North. Yeah, it was North. And so I started picking up speed 
But what happened was this trailer like started moving and it wasn't there before. And then it just started moving. I don't know what happened to it. And what happened was I hit my leg on it mm. and it, the, it did because I still have a scar to this very day where the light went like it mm. damp went straight in, not went into it, but it just went into um, it went right into it. Like uh, it's scarred. And then I turned, I made a beeline back to my house while my leg was uh, gushing with blood. Um, and I said, well, I guess we have a minor situation. And my mom was like <laughs> all freaking out. And she's like, oh, oh we got to take care of it and stuff. And it was taken care of. Uh, I didn't expect that much blood to come out of my leg, uh, number <laughs> one. Uh, and I didn't expect a cool scar to c- appear out of it either. But, okay. you know, I have a lot of fun memories with bikes. Oh, yeah. um, another thing is, when you live in a small town, this was a big difference being adopted with the second family because um, my dad is a pastor of a church of new beginnings at Christian community church. Um, you're welcome to check it out on Facebook. It's the fantastic church. Um, it's a small community church. Um, we're all, we come together during times of trouble. Um, and so one thing that when you're in this, when you live in a small town, word travels fast, you know, and I had a tendency when I was a little kid to go through stop signs. Uh, and when I went through stop signs, even before I got home, my dad already knew about it because somebody called and like, is that your son that went through a stop, a stop sign by your house and stuff? And I thought nothing was to it. And I'm like, okay, I probably, probably nobody was going to know. No, I was, I was very wrong in that end. <laughs> but I mean, on the other hand, it's good to live in a small community. That's why I'm all for oh, living yeah. in a small community. Yeah. And if you... I think another reason why we have to live in a small, not we, but uh, I support small community and even local businesses is because we're like family, you know, during times of uncertainty and during times like when somebody um, like a friend of yours passes away, like your neighbor does, you can come together and you can walk through um, like the valley or the path or continuing the path that God has set for you, you know? And it was interesting because this kind of correlates to like jump forward to when I was in when I was in the United States Air Force, mm. you know the amount of cards that um, I didn't really, that I personally was blown away, like how we came together as <clears throat> a small community to like send out cards and um, and I've received those cards and um, and it was just so cool how you see that impact in the hand of God working it is a true testament saying that you know with faith it's important as a church body. And so the community is like a church body. It's not the church itself, but it's like us individually. When something happens, uh, when a brother in Christ like stumbles or even like something happens to the family, we as a church have to come together either through buying, either through making food or transportation or even yes, uh, finances uh, have to go out and help and support them. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the cool things that you get to see that play out um, with with the families and with our family during that time of uh, during that. I would say it was more one of the rougher storms of my life, um, especially especially it was a rude awakening actually um, because when we are for me, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm a Christian and stuff, and but it was more of like I was more of your you start become your um corporate christian you know mm. well your corporate christian per se is um they go and 
say, okay, I got to go to church. So it's like your, your persona of, okay, got to go to church every Sunday. got to go yeah. Bible study. Check the box. Some, check the box, Christian. Check That's what I call it. Yeah. I call it corporate Christian. Um, and so what happened was, the uh, guys like, oh, okay. So you think you're a corporate Christian. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a corporate Christian because you still believe in God. And I'm not the one to judge. It's where your heart comes out of. Um, so what happened was, we, the, the, what happened was, it, it was on October 2nd, okay? I wasn't feeling good the whole entire day on October 2nd. And that praise God that I went to a Bible study and this, whatever, I don't know what happened because I think some of the doctors are, or not some, but there's some kind of resolution towards this. Uh, and there's a couple of results that happened to it, but it was something in, like long story short after the bible study it was 8 30 p.m october 2nd 2019 i stood up and i became paralyzed mm-hmm. uh, and i tried to stand up not once but four different times but the fourth time it was like per- like it was i don't know what happened but it ended up being per- not permanent but temporary per- paralyzed um i was paralyzed for about three months um from head to toe and i had to so i can say that was my born again uh, moment where I was a born again Christian, uh, literally and physically or figuratively. Yeah. Sorry. Fig- yeah. um, so it was interesting because at that time, you know, I'm like, oh, well, God, I was doing all this right things. What am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I'm doing everything that, you know, I'm supposed to. What, mm-hmm. what else do you want me to do? You know, um, so apparently he had bigger plans for me um, because then I started um you know once i could start getting some hand movement out of my like some couple of my couple of my fingers and i could start like you know i turn on the japanese bible when i was in the hospital and because i was stationed overseas in tokyo japan and what happened was um it was so cool seeing the response of the people you know the nurses when they come in and they're like that's psalms 45 that you're playing now, how cool is it that they were able to just did not tear up, but they were just able to like be impacted by it. And I was medevaced back to the hospital, back to the States in San Antonio, Texas, um, where I also, um, in, where I also just um, continued to strengthen my heart and continue to um, like bolden my walk with Christ to not to be afraid of my faith. Um, because one thing that I thought for the longest time is I thought in order to be, in order to share that, like the word of Christ and stuff, you have to be the somewhat big, like big influential speaker, for instance, you know, but then I realized, no, you, you just could be your average Joe Schmo on the street. You don't have yeah. to be some, someone big because mm-hmm. as long as somebody reaches that somebody like impact as long as somebody is touched by it, like touched by the heart and you impacted, then we did our job as disciples of Christ, because God said, go out and go out unto the world and make disciples. Amen. So Amen. that's where one of did the they, things did that, they ever figure out what, what the illness was or what caused it. Um, so a lot of, so what happened was, so if you so what FND is called functional neurological disorder. Now the weird part was was that 
But of course, what happened was, uh, I I don't know if this is going to go on Facebook or not, but I don't know, you know, what platform is going to go. But I'm going to try to be, so I don't mention the the forbidden word. So, I, you know, um, I'll just mention, we have to drink Kool-Aid. You know, like in the military, you have to drink certain Kool-Aids. Mm-hmm. And so the interesting part was, was that I was, I had to drink like a, um, for instance, a rasp, you know, a cherry Kool-Aid. I don't like cherry. I had to drink cherry Kool-Aid. And, you know, for me, there's something that cherry, you know, there's something that happened where there was a reaction to it. Um, And so then this, this correlates to saying that I can't, you know, now there's certain uh, Kool-Aids I can't drink, especially. Mm -hmm. And yes, I've gotten so much controversy from it, but, Uh you know, of course the military doesn't want to, they're thinking that, well, we're speculating. They don't want to accept the responsibility of not for well, pretty much forcing to drink the cherry Kool-Aid, you know, uh, because the new cherry Kool-Aid, was rolled out in 2018 known as the anthrax the new anthrax vaccine mm-hmm. uh was rolled out in 2018 and so that that's when i went to basic training in 2018 and okay. so then i said hey i want to i want to push it off you know because there's no need for it if you're going overseas and i didn't know i was going to go overseas and what happened was I went to Japan in end of June of 2019 because I was stationed a couple other in-state, like from Shepard Air Force Base to Lackland for those duration of time. And it was interesting because I'm like, okay, I want to hold off on it, you know? And, and they're like, okay, well, you're going to, okay, they're like, well, we're going to be able to hold off on it, but you're going to have to drink this cherry Kool-Aid when you actually go to japan and we're going to mark your we're going to mark you as you have to so what happened was i waited until i got to japan and all correlated just some time because what happened was um it was it was a it was a adverse reaction to it and i've seen other doctors um like natural like doctors and i've seen like uh professional doctors but it's interesting how the military covers it up and tries to slap you with something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Amen. And so yeah. now, and I told my parents, I said, you know what, you know how the whole camp of June is now big new trending thing. I told my parents, I'm like, you know, I could see uh, 20 or 50 years from now, if you received, if you drank the cherry <laughs> Kool-Aid, you know, you are now, you can get like a huge settlement. So I could yeah, see that amen. because amen. there are a lot of people that, had the horrible reaction to it. It was just, it was not only me, there were a lot of others that had really adverse reactions to it. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Soslin Timonson. Now, he's been sharing with us his story of immigrating to America from Russia, which could be a book just by itself. Amen. I mean, the story of his upbringing in an orphanage and then being adopted at the last minute as part of a group of children that barely made it out of their village as the Russian army is preparing to invade the town to all the way to being hospitalized and almost dying from a bad reaction to medication and, and how these events brought him to a place of faith in God that he just wants to share with everyone. I'm telling folks, this is a great interview. And the best part is, We'll be back in the very next episode to conclude this great interview with Soslin Timonson. Amen. Now, go down the show notes, click the links right there, listen to his podcast, get in touch with him. But till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.